Welcome to another edition of What the Cross Means to Me, devotional program. This is your host, Fiacre Rob Holt, coming to you from the KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 and AM 930. It is good to be with you as we contemplate fresh perspectives on the meaning of the cross. I'm not a theologian, but a photographer of over 30 years. If a picture tells a thousand words, then yes, I guess you could say I preach to the glory of our Creator by capturing what He has created. My mission is to share the gospel through my imagery, the spoken word, and the written word. This radio program fulfills the spoken part, and the imagery utilized for this devotional are of a singular cross on a lonely hill shot over a two-year period. The written word for this program is... From that cross collection. It was a book born of that journey. It matches 30 images of the cross with 30 original essays from a wide spectrum of Christian leaders sharing their insights on the cross. The book is the same name as this devotional, What the Cross Means to Me, by Harvest House Publishing. Each week, we read one of the essays and contemplate the wider meaning through the Word of God. This week's essay is The Way, the Truth, and the Life by Emily Barnes. The essay begins. As a young girl, I didn't know of the cross or even care about the cross. Oh yes, I seen it as a necklace, as a symbol for the Christians, Easter, and on the tops of churches, but I never really gave it much thought. You see, I was raised in a Jewish home, and Passover was our day of celebration with our Seder dinner. The cross was just two sticks put together. However, when I was 16 years old, the cross came alive and had great significance in my life. It was then that I met my Bob who is now my husband of more than 47 years. It was this man who shared Jesus and the cross with me. Bob told me that he loved me, but could not marry me because I was a non-Christian, a non-believer in this man called Jesus. A certain verse stuck in my mind when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14.6 This little Jewish girl received the Messiah as her Lord and Savior. Then the cross has significance and a significant impact in my life. Without Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection on the third day, There will be no hope for this future. The cross was necessary for the resurrection. With no resurrection, it would all be folly. Four years ago, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the battle began. I went through more than 500 hours of chemotherapy and 21 days of radiation for a tumor in my stomach. 
my wonderful doctor gave me a 40 to 60% chance for living. And that was with divine intervention. We raised our hands and accepted the program. Little did we realize what was to happen during our journey. We ended up at the Hutch in Seattle, a world-renowned cancer research clinic for five months of treatment and bone marrow transplant from a young 23-year-old Canadian gentleman. As the days were difficult and the future looked bleak, it was there that I realized I was going through nothing compared to what Jesus suffered on the cross for me. He suffered so much pain in order for us to have salvation. Now, when I see the cross, it reminds me of the suffering of Jesus, suffering so much greater than I will ever go through. These two sticks give me courage over and over again. Calvary is where he hung and died for me so that I would have eternal life with my Heavenly Father. This is a gift. I will appreciate I will appreciate this gift all my life here on earth. I look forward to someday being at home with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The cross means everything to me. End of essay. Now the image that accompanies this essay is called the awakening. It is the sun cresting at the base of the cross at sunrise. Very amber, gold, goldenish color to the light. And there's also a sentence from a G. Campbell Morgan, which says, Nobody who has truly seen the cross of Christ will ever speak of hopeless cases. Now, the way of the truth and the life is from a scripture, but it's also become a very big catchphrase for Christianity and Christians. But it does come from John 14, 1 through 14. And it's helpful to read everything in context. I will, rev- I will read it, and we will review it, and then focus our attention on the one key verse. John 14, 1 through 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, 
You do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe in me that I am the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So to recap, these verses take place in the upper room in Jerusalem during the Feast of the Passover. The same Passover celebration that the author of our essay today, Emily Barnes, talked about. This is the night of Jesus' arrest that leads to his crucifixion. Therefore, it is the end of the line as it relates to Jesus' earthly ministry. He has spent approximately 33 years living a perfect life and three years fulfilling a public ministry. So let's break down verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In Hebrew, this name, I am, was Jehovah or Yahweh. It is fair to say that This is God's favorite name for himself. He uses it almost 7,000 times in the Old Testament. God also uses this I am name about 1,000 times in the New Testament. I say that because the name Jesus means Jehovah is salvation, or Yeshua in the Hebrew. Jesus Christ is the great I am, Lord God, Jehovah of the Old Testament, God incarnate. For us, the I am's reveal great truths about our Savior. But through these statements, Jesus also rightly claimed to be the God of the Old Testament. It was the key charge when the Jewish leaders asked Pilate to execute Jesus. They saw it as blasphemy. Let's review some of these I am statements. I am the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the one who can and will satisfy your eternal hunger. I am the light of the world. Jesus points us to the light which will lead us out of the darkness of this world. I am the door. Jesus said, I am the door. There is no other door to heaven. And I am the one who opens and closes the gateway to eternal life. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus said, I am the one 
who brings dead people back to life and lets them live forever. I am the one who defeated death by the power of my resurrection. So now let's take these three and break them up. The first one, I am the way. So when Jesus says in verse 6, I am the way, the connotation is of a journey. The song that popped in my head was, I believe it's Diana Ross, but uh, do you know the way to San Jose? I couldn't help it, it just popped in my head. Um, it connotates a journey, right? And before Google Maps, you would sometimes get lost and have to pull over for directions or go to a gas station and look at a map to find your way to your destination. But I think a better illustration is that of a bridge. It is the idea that there are two places, and between these two points is a vast chasm. We are on one side, and God is on the other. The only way across is Christ himself. He becomes the bridge to get us to God's presence. Jesus says that he is the way, if you will, in the universe. And Christ is claiming that he is. This is, in fact, the early name for Christians. The way. They called themselves the way. They were known for their exclusive claim that Jesus was the way to God. Why? Well, the Bible teaches us that Jesus is the second Adam. Through Adam, we lost our spiritual life through the second Adam, through Jesus, he became the way for new life, a new reconciliation with God the Father. So by which he means the way to heaven is not a religious system or a set of spiritual teachings to follow. The way cannot be found in you or your sincere efforts. The way to Jesus is realizing the way is Jesus. He said, you know the way to where I'm going because it's me. The minute you reduce the path to where I'm going down to a list of do's and don'ts or come up with an alternative approach to getting right with God the Father, you've put yourself on a path that leads to destruction. Listen, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Proverbs 14.2 if you want to be reconciled with a holy God, if you want to cross, no pun intended, if you want to cross the chasm that separates you from him, if you want to go where I am going, I am your bridge, says Jesus. So Jesus is that bridge from death to life. Now let's look at the second phrase, the truth. When he says, I am the truth, he means, trust me in this. Count on what I'm saying to you. I am about to pay for your forgiveness with my blood. I cannot have you, I cannot love you more than I do. 
and what I'm about to do on the cross is all that is needed to build this bridge. You cross it by believing in me, trusting that what I've done for you is all you ever need to be right with God. There are a lot of people out there that will tell you that they know the truth. Hear me clearly. I am not giving you truth. I am the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. You can trust me, Jesus says. Check it out. In John 8, verse 58, Jesus is having a heated debate with a group of religious leaders when he says this. I tell you the truth. There's that word truth again. And on a side note, that's one of his favorite phrases. He says that phrase, I tell you the truth, more than 60 times in the gospel. But here's what he said. I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. And as I alluded to earlier, this was the phrase that the Pharisees used to accuse Jesus when asking Pilate to execute Jesus. And I like the way that John Gill, some might pronounce it John Gill, uh, in his commentary summarized it. He said, He is the true God and eternal life, truly and really man. As a prophet, he taught the way of God and truth. As a priest, he is faithful, as well as a merciful one, true and faithful to him that appointed him. And as a king, just and true are all his ways and administrations. He is the sum and substance of all the truths of the gospel. They are all full of him and center in him. And he is the truth of all the types and shadows, promises and prophecies of the Old Testament. They have all their accomplishment in him, and he is the true way in opposition to all false ones of man's devisings. The truth is that you do not believe the truth is that if you do not believe in Jesus Christ, your entire life is one big lie. He is the key that unlocks all of life's secrets. As we have already studied, he is the light of the world. Without faith in him, you would have been better off not existing. Jesus is everything. And now the third, I am the life. When Jesus says, I am the life, he means... There is a kind of life that is only a shadow of what God created to be. Life without me is like an echo. It is, at best, the fading reflection of the real thing. Here for a moment and then God. But the life I give is abundant and eternal. It outlasts the few years we have here on earth. It easily outshines what we could offer. It is the very life of God in you. I'm not here to point you to this kind of life. I am your life, said Jesus. Let me loosen you and watch what happens. Remember, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God in eternal life, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. In Jesus. And when we come to this realization, we lay down all that we have because we recognize that Jesus is everything. What we do, we receive in return. 
life. The key to eternal life is Christ. Without Jesus, we are dead, spiritually and eventually physically. He is the one and only cure for the death problems that overshadow every soul that has ever existed. And why is this important? Because as it says in Mark 12, 27, He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. The house of God is not a morgue. It is a place of feasting, singing, rejoicing, and praising. Dead people do not do any of those things. If you want to join the party that lasts forever, the only way this will happen is by believing in Jesus Christ. And not just believing, but to walk, live, and have our being in Jesus. In this way, John has been sort of a broken record. Since the beginning of the gospel, he's been telling us that life is found in Jesus. John 1.4 In him was life. John 3.15 Whoever believes in him may have eternal life. John 3.36 Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. John 4.14 The water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 5.21 For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. John 6.27 Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. John 6.33 For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. John 6.47 Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but I will have the light of life. John 1.10 The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 11.25 Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, Yet shall he live. The, the point to all of this is that Jesus is the answer to everything. The question is, do you believe him? And then, after you answer that to yourself, really think about it. Because Satan and all the demons also believe. So, more than believing, are you in Christ? You have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Being in Christ means being aware and being present to the kingdom of God around you all the time. All around you all the time. If you haven't been, I encourage you to do so today, right now. Ask Jesus to be in you and ask to be in him. To live and have your being or have your essence together to see the world through his eyes and for others to see Christ through your eyes. And with that, brothers and sisters, may God keep you in his perfect peace. Thanks for listening to What the Cross Means to Me. 
devotional program heard every week here on KKXX Life Radio. If you'd like to view the image discussed, learn about how to fundraise through the Magi Cross products, or donate to the Magi Cross ministry, log on to magicross.com. That is M-A-J-I-C-R-O-S-S dot com. <laughs> 